But you don't understand, Osgood. Hello and welcome to Well, Nobody's Perfect. I am Rob Krasuski, and with me as always, looking into his crystal ball, attempting to predict the future, it's Jeff McNaughton. Jeff, you are a terrifying ginger wizard. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's a compliment. It's a compliment for sure, man. It didn't, didn't feel like it. Nah, nah, you're, you're, you're okay. But it does, you know, it does lead nicely into what we're doing today, which is um, doing our top five lists of TV shows and films that we are very excited for in 2017. Yeah, I've been excited for 2017 to come around since 2014, so this is a long time coming, and I think it's going to be an exciting year for film and television. You always have been a prognostication hipster, <laughs> and that's a thing that I appreciate about you. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about movies? Do you want to talk about TV? Let's start with TV. All right, all right. So let's uh, we've we've ranked this, and it's important to note that you know we've we had to come to a consensus on this list. So there are honorable honorable mentions that I think we'll make throughout. But uh, this is a list that I think we can both hopefully stand behind. We're also going to revisit these lists in a year to see actually what came to fruition and what did not. What did we? What did we expect would be good and actually turned out to be good? And what were we really excited about that really just let us down? Yeah, I'm looking forward to just looking at that Golden Globe slash Emmy list and being like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. We are like terrifying precogs a la Minority Report. (laughs) Just sitting in our bath of milky liquid, just predicting the future. <laughs> oh, that is just the it's grossest a bad image I've ever huh? seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, well, to get away from gross images, let's talk about the deuce at number five. You, you know, we almost got away from gross images, and then boom, right back at it. Yeah, the deuce is uh, the new HBO drama from uh, David Simon, creator of The Wire and Treme, um, and it is uh, about the the seedy world of uh, of pornography in like the the '70s in New York, um, primarily around Times Square. And um, what better person to cast? in a CD porn drama than the everyman, James Franco. The thing that I love about this casting is, A, of course James Franco is in a porn drama. Of course. Of course. Um, and also, he plays twins. This is just delightful. Twins? Yeah, he's going to play twins. And not the Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger type. I believe the identical type. Um, I, th- I think that if there's anyone that will be able to sort of capture the uh, the, the seediness of uh, 1970s New York and that particular industry, uh, there's no better director than or, or creator such as than, than uh, David Simon. Yeah, I'm behind this uh, 100% and mainly because of Simon himself. Um, James Franco is really just an added bonus. James Franco is the icing on the uh, porn cake. <laughs> yeah. If James Franco is an extra in this, it's still going to be good. The cast also includes the very great Maggie Gyllenhaal and Zoe Kazan. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. You forgot one uh, particular cast member. Uh, Ralph Macchio oh. is actually in this as well. And the rumor is he's playing himself. I hope that he's playing the Karate Kid, but like much like like he, Ralph Macchio, um, current age, playing Karate Kid, you know, circa nineteen seventy something. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is just speaking of cherries on top. It's it's Macchio. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I will look forward to practicing my crane technique and uh, watching the Deuce. At number four, we have Friends from College. Yo, I'm very excited about this new Netflix drama from uh, Nicholas Stoller. I 
am a sucker for Nicholas Stoller joints. Um, so he, you know, uh, worked on films like Get Him to the Greek and The Five Year Engagement, which I actually rewatched this weekend. What a heartfelt and like actually very hilarious like romantic comedy. It's really really delightful. And all your wedding prep. This is this is on your list of films to see. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? Like with that in mind, it was actually a really bad thing to watch <laughs> because it's a super sad movie. Um, but it ends up nice in the end, so it's good. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the friends from college is follows a group of friends who went to Harvard together and have to sort of grapple with their lives as they enter their forties, um, which I think will be uh, you know interesting and sort of fertile ground for a. a, a Netflix uh, comedy. And of those friends, you have like Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Colby Smulders, uh, Anna Parise, uh, Nat Faxon, Fred Savage, Jay Shu Park, and Billy Eicher. Like that's that's a good group of friends to have in college. Yeah, those are people that I would have wanted to have hung out with, um, particularly people like uh, Keegan-Michael Key and, uh, well, let's be real, Billy Eichner. He's, like, super mean, but, like, I just wish he was my very mean friend. <laughs> and and I am I feel like I'm behind these movies more so with the cast than actually the uh, the showrunner. I Get him to the Greek and Five Year Engagement. Didn't love those films, but I'm sticking behind it because you've made such a good case for it. I look forward to talking to you about it on this very <laughs> podcast. Well, let's let's go from number four, which I feel like was a little bit of a, a your pick, to number three, which feels like one of mine, and it's Taboo. I would argue that we were both very much in favor of Taboo, so much so that I was like, damn, Taboo might be number one. So don't let's not take all of the Tom Hardy credit there, Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> I take all the credit to his success as an actor uh, and everything he does moving forward. So. Admittedly, you always have been Gotham's Reckoning, so <laughs> that's fine. So this is a British drama uh, television series created by Stephen Knight. Uh, and uh, Tom Hardy and his father, Chips Hardy, Chips! Chips! You're involved making this. Yo, I love the fact, I just like, so I, I think about this this TV show, and I think about, you know, Tom Hardy and his dad, Chips, probably just like sitting at a pub somewhere, just being like, you know, like, we want, we need to make a TV series. Like, I feel like that's the way that Chip, Chips Hardy speaks, and they were probably like, just like downing pints, being very, very excited. And I have to assume that they both got on motorcycles, immediately rode them to FX, and just like were aggressively there until they gave them the show. You know where Chips is riding after that? Straight here. Straight here. To Yo. kick your ass for making fun of him. Yo, no. Chips Hardy, if you want to be a guest on Well, Nobody's Perfect, I will welcome you with open arms. I'll let you punch me in the face. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Taboo uh, is an eight-episode miniseries about this you know adventurer who returns to Britain uh, from Africa uh, with 14 stolen diamonds to seek vengeance after the death of his father. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm super, super into it. There are um, a bu- There's a bunch of like trailer content that's out there, um, which basically seems to show Tom Hardy's character um, going up against the the British East India Company, um, chock full of diamonds, covered in tattoos, and just ready to sort of kick ass and take names. And the good news about uh, Taboo is you don't have to wait long. It's coming out Jan 10th uh, in 2017, so just around that corner. Ugh, I can't wait. Uh, so going from number three to the number two spot is Ozark. Ugh. Ozark, the Missouri Ozarks to the Fine Lake. Um, yeah, so Ozark is a, a it's a drama starring Jason Bateman and Laura Linney, also for Netflix. Netflix slaying with the content, just really going going very very hard. Um, and so uh, Jason ba- Bateman is going to star as a financial advisor who moves with his wife to the Ozarks in order to pay off a money laundering debt to a drug lord. Um, Shades of Breaking Bad. I was thinking it's more like Funny Farm meets 
traffic. Funny Farm Meets Traffic. I would watch Funny Farm Meets Traffic. That's 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 uh, that doesn't sound too bad at all. I am interested in this also because like so Laura Linney obviously strong dramatic chops. Jason Bateman primarily known for his humor with things like Arrested Development. Um, mm. It'll be interesting to sort of see him take on this type of role that I have to assume assume will you know have a, a, a fair amount of gravitas to it. I think this will be interesting to see Jason Bateman back on the small screen. Uh, his Obviously, he's known for Arrested Development. He's done a lot of films since, but I don't know. I always think of Jason Bateman as a, a TV star, and uh, I'm happy to have him back in that world. Right on. And uh, with that, let's get to our number one pick, our consensus number one pick, which is HBO's Barry. Barry! Does has nothing to do with a young Barack Obama, but uh, it does indeed have something to do with Bill Hader playing a hitman. Trying to deal with his stress. Yeah, I love this idea. I love a, a, a comedy hitman television show. That idea just jumps out at me. I hope, if it's anything like Gross Point Blank, I'm all in. So in Barry, Bill Hader plays an ex-Marine um, who is a low-rent hitman. That's how he makes his money. Uh, he begrudgingly takes a hit in L.A. And then, you know, when he goes there, he eventually finds acceptance and community in a uh, L.A. theater troupe, which is maybe the best conceit for a television series that I have ever heard <laughs> in my entire goddamn life. And not to mention, it has TV royalty in it with Henry Winkler, the Fonz himself. The Fonz! Oh my god, I just can't wait to see what he's going to jump with a motorcycle. <laughs> which I hope happens in this. Um, yeah, no, I, I think this is going to be really, really cool. And I think that, you know, I always want the best for SNL people who end up going on to, to you know, make their own uh, their own shows and, and have their own films. Um, and I think it's neat to sort of consider like people like Bill Hader um, and people like Will Forte, like sort of within the same class in SNL. Will Forte has his very excellent Last Man on Earth, which is in its third season uh, on Fox um, and having you know Bill Hader who had his first sort of turn as a, as a leading man in uh, train wreck this year um, it's it's great to sort of see those those folks um, those very weird dudes get to go and make some very weird things totally agree so before we jump to our top five uh, films that we're excited about let's talk about some honorable mentions on on the TV side of things so a couple of series that didn't make our top five, but that we're still really excited for include Dear White People, which is based on the 2014 indie film of the same name. And we're also very excited for Jean-Marc Vallée's HBO miniseries, Little Big Lies. Um, Jean-Marc Vallée, excellent Canadian director, um, you know, films like Crazy and Dallas Buyers Club, um, moving to to HBO to direct a like murderer's row of talent uh, in Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, and uh, Laura Dern. It's going to be delightful. I'm really, really pumped to see what he does with uh, with those folks. So let's move to our top five films that we're looking forward to in 2017. Uh, at number five, we have How to Talk to Girls at Parties. Yeah, directed by uh, John Cameron Mitchell, uh, who actually debuted the role of Hedwig in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, um, and who is the director of, uh, of Short Bus. Um, so... How to Talk to Girls at Parties is um, based on a short story by Neil Gaiman, who's having a gigantic year with, uh, or will have a gigantic year rather, in 2017 with this and also the uh, the debut of his star series, American Gods. This film stars Nicole Kidman, Elle Fanning, and Ruth Wilson and is uh, about a young man in uh, 1970s London who goes to a you know punk party and then uh, becomes enamored with a young woman at the party who is uh, a 
apparently, you know, foreign to Europe, but actually is foreign to this earth um, and then goes on, uh, you know, sort of a, an interesting uh, adventure with intergalactic ramifications. Um, I'm a giant nerd, and so this appeals to me a great deal. Um, I, I love Neil Gaiman's work, and I think that um, it'll be very, very cool to see uh, it, you know, take the big screen in such a way. Not to mention the fact that this film, I hope, answers a question that we've probably been asking ourselves since high school, and that is... How to talk to girls at parties. Yeah, I still don't really know, but uh, that's probably because we were spending most of our time watching films like Alien, which leads us to number four, which is Alien Covenant, directed by Ridley Scott. Huge caveat at this point, we both really dug Prometheus. Yeah, and you should too. Yeah, I feel like we, we get a lot of flack for that opinion um, of people who are not about that Prometheus life. Mainly by our producer, Kyle. Primarily it's Kyle, just like throwing mad shade and actually booing us as we record this episode. Um, but I, I, I do think that, that that's a film that gets short shrift. It's um, really visually arresting um, and, and deals with some very interesting ideas. And uh, I'm really pumped to watch uh, Alien Covenant, um, directed by Ridley Scott. So this film picks up where Prometheus left, left off and, uh, you know, includes um, Michael Fassbender and Numi Rapace, but also adds um, completely insane people like James Franco, Danny McBride, Catherine Waterston, Billy Crudup. It's pretty fun. I'm really excited about this cast. And uh, I guess the, the the plot of this film is that, you know, the, there's a crew that are bound for a um, remote planet on the you know far side of the galaxy. Uh, and they find a beautiful sort of utopian planet to, to colonize and terraform that they think is super great. But as it turns out, its only inhabitant is uh, David, the psychotic robot played by Michael Fassbender. Where do the aliens come and play? I have to assume that they're living inside everyone and then eventually <laughs> just waiting for the opportunity to spring forth from the chest in a horrifying, nightmarish spectacle that will haunt my dreams literally for years. <laughs> it's already haunting mine. Jumping to a number three pick, and this really could have been number two or number one. It was really tough, but it's got to be Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Uh, Nolan, as we know, like, huge resume here with Bat the Batman series, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, but also one of my favorite films, Prestige, uh, and also um, Inception. To see Wah. him... <laughs> I actually jumped when Rob did that. Uh, yes! <laughs> Finally, my Inception noise does its job. Uh, I, I told you I was not good at scary movies. Um, Nolan goes to... Uh, World War Two. That's right. The, it's the miracle at Dunkirk, <laughs> and uh, this is his first uh, his first real uh, historical epic, really. Yeah, it's it, it'll be really cool to sort of see him take on a war movie of uh, of, of this proportions. Um, it's uh, it, it is a very like sort of epic tale um, fr of from real life from uh, World War Two when the Germans were advancing on Allied forces from either side, um, and uh, they actually escaped via the sea. Um, I think that it'll. I mean, obviously there'll be crazy gigantic action set pieces that are going to look amazing, and uh, he's got an absurd cast that includes Kenneth Branagh, um, Killian Murphy and uh, Mark Rylance. So uh, I, I'm very, very excited to sort of see um, what this, this film has to offer. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. How dare you forget about the Harry Styles, who is going to be making his uh, acting debut uh, in a Nolan film. You're right. I should never forget that the leader of One Direction will also be the leader of men in, uh, in, in, in Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. I have to assume that he's, you know, got at least a moderately impressive rank in this film. So going from Christopher Nolan, who's working in 
the war genre for the first time, we go to our number two film, which is directed by someone who has really um, perfected the war genre with Catherine Bigelow. And this time, she's actually getting away from war and doing a Detroit riot project. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, excited about this as-yet-untitled film. Um, Loved Zero Dark Thirty, loved The Hurt Locker. Um, I think that, you know, she has a really exceptional eye for shooting conflict. Um, and so this film about the 1967 Detroit riots, um, I'm sure will be like just like beautifully shot and beautifully framed. Um, and the cast is really, really good. You know, John Boyega, John Krasinski, Jack Rayner, who is, uh, who's really, really talented, and uh, Anthony Mackie. So, I mean, I feel like there's a huge amount of potential for this pro- project, and I just, I want to know more about it. Um, but, you know, the, the pedigree of all involved, you know, definitely necessitated being uh, number two on our, our list of things that we are super, super stoked about for 2017. It's also written by Mark Bull, who uh, is Academy Award winning writer uh, and uh, her go-to uh, writer for Zero Dark Thirty and Hurt Locker. So that also... He was also uh, deeply involved in season two of Serial. Um, oh, yeah, no, little little known podcast connection there. There you go. Yeah, and uh, with that, number l- one, let's do it. What are we most excited Am I the for? Only one doing that? Okay, no, cool. yeah, no, you were just doing such a good job that I didn't want to. Okay, that's fine. We can do it together. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Blade, Blade Runner! Runner. Yo, I am so pumped up about the god Denny Villeneuve taking on Blade Runner. Yeah, this could this be any better, really? You got Harrison Ford back, you've got Ryan Gosling, like this is stacked. Yo, it's... uh three names right there. Three, three names right there. Uh, you got Robin Wright as well. Um, and also, one of my one of my little-known favorites, Lenny James of uh, of The Walking Dead and the, uh, <laughs> the not-often-watched, but Totally beloved by me, Jericho. Um, I am really, really pumped about uh, Denis Villeneuve taking his eye to uh, to this very fertile ground. I mean, love the first Blade Runner. I think that it set um, it really sort of set the table for a ton of dystopian science fiction that came afterwards. Um, and you know, we both loved um, Arrival so much, and it was shot so 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 well. And I just think that this is going to be like if his first sort of like toe dipping in science fiction was Arrival. I am really really excited to see him sort of explore a fully fleshed out universe. Definitely. And and this takes place in 2049, uh, which I assume Trump will still be in power at that point. Yeah, no, that, at that point it'll be um, Supreme Chancellor Ivanka. It's cool. Okay, great. Yeah. Obviously we're going to be talking about this film um, a lot more in the coming months as, uh, you know, details sort of trickle out because I believe it's been, you know, every, they've been pretty tight-lipped up until this point. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the combination of uh, the, our love for Denis Villeneuve and uh, this beautiful piece of IP, it just had to be number one. Yeah, and there also was so many films that we could have chose from to to make this top five. Rob would not let me put uh, Star Wars Episode Eight on this list. Yo, what am I going to do every year for the rest of my life? Just put a Star Wars movie on my I'm most excited about list? Yeah, yeah, you are. That's what Disney wants. You also have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with... uh, Mr. James Gunn at the helm, who we interviewed earlier this year. And uh, also, I mean, like, you know, The Dark Tower, I'm scared about it, but I'm excited to see what Mr. Idris Elba does with it. And I tried really hard to get Rob to put Paul Thomas Anderson's untitled fashion film starring uh, Daniel Day-Lewis on this list, but there just wasn't enough information on here to yeah. allow him to do it. Yeah, there's there's no title. I don't know who DDL is playing. I do know that Paul Thomas... Just everyone has too many names, yeah. basically, is my problem with I'm, it at this I'm, point. I can only assume that Daniel Day-Lewis is playing Osh 
Kosh Bagosh. Yeah, uh, well, the I mean, founder of the overall. I mean, you know, he uh, has such exceptional range that I think that he'd do a great job of playing Osh, a fantastic job of playing Kosh, and the hardest role of all. Bagosh. So I mean, you know, the 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 it's it's an exceptional opportunity for one of our finest actors. And with that, that's that's our list, and we're gonna stick by it, you know. So throughout 2017, as uh, the realization dawns upon us that we've made some seriously corny choices, feel free to holler at us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at the Robbie K, and I am at G underscore McNun. And uh, listen, thanks so much for listening to us this year. It's been a delight to talk into your earbuds, and we are looking forward to continuing it into 2017. So we'll uh, see you in the new year. Enjoy your holidays. 